Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Okay, yeah, so my audio to you is complete trash. I have a broken, like, headset thing that I've used. Like, here's a $5 headset to begin with. Jokic. Here's Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. It is 4 p.m. here in the Mile High City. And if you haven't figured it out yet, this is the one and only Denver Nuggets dedicated show on Nothing But Net Radio. So we are happy to have you here talking nothing but uh, Denver Nuggets for the next hour. And we have got quite quite a bit to talk about this week. Let me tell you. So let's let's first things do. Uh, first things first. Let's uh, introduce our co-host this week. It is Denver Stiff social media guru, Mister Jeremy Poli. Jeremy, what's happening? Hey, um, I am super impressed with where your intro has gotten these days. There was a beautiful <laughs> like candor. Is that what you call it? It was almost like a song. That was fantastic. I've been uh, I've been listening, you know, to uh, a lot of radio lately. So I've been trying to trying to step up my game. I realize how poor I've been. You know, I can't uh, I can't just wing it anymore. That's just it. You, know, you gotta like you gotta have like a routine. <laughs> yeah. So you're sitting there and you're like, do I take it to like a B a, a B sharp? I, <laughs> that was no. Whereas you were maybe trailing before, you were leading the race. Now, man, I will listen to that beautiful voice any day. Oh, excellent. Excellent. All right. Good to know the hard work is paying off. Um, Jeremy, so you're, you're still in Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the long-term plans are definitely to make it back, but, um, I'm out here through the freezing cold winters and the scorching hot summers. I'll take it. (laughs) Nothing in between and all the championships right now, or at least, well, at least one. Yeah. Who, Who knows? Maybe another on the way. Uh, not, maybe not a championship, but Eastern Conference Championship is definitely a possibility down the line here. They hang banners for those. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It still it still counts. Um, What's the what's the buzz in Philly about uh, Wilson Chandler? Um, it's kind of it's what I read all over the internet is the same thing that everybody's saying on the streets, which is um, like, oh, cool, we got like a good solid guy. Um, I don't know how much of a connection people actually have to his old, uh, New York Knicks days, uh, where I, I remember he, he was kind of showing up as like an all around stat filling stud, um, at least for, for kind of a, uh, under the radar guy. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't know if, if there's any sort of like East coast, you know, they're two and a half hours away from here. So a, a lot of stuff kind of blurs between the two cities, but, um, but really, I've just been hearing that that thing of like, oh, like he looks, you know, he's a pretty good guy. Like this, this should be a nice little addition to the roster. Um, nothing too like exciting. And honestly, I have, I don't think they know what they're in for. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the the thing about it is they're actually probably in for a very motivated Wilson Chandler since it's his contract year and and essentially his True. last contract, right? So, True. um, 
I, I think I think Wilson actually have a strong a strong uh, year for him. It's it's funny though. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, he's 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 not going to start, so it's it's just like how excited do you get about a a bench guy, right? Right. Yeah, and then I think I think they're just a lot less um, in tune with. Uh, I feel like I'm casting judgments here, but the importance of salary cap room, what you spend those last dollars on. And so, you know, they could kind of care less what, what kind of health that their, their cap space is in is just as long as there's some sort of player that they can watch some highlights for. Right. It's because, well, that's because they, <laughs> the Sixers fans went through it for like, what, like a good five year period where it was all about true. collecting cap space and assets. I think they're true. <laughs> yeah. Probably just freaking sick of it. <laughs> I, I, don't, just... I, don't, I don't blame them. Yep. Throwing money in the streets now. Spending. There you go. There you go. Making it rain in Philly. Um, all right. Well, we uh we actually we went into Wilson Chandler quite a bit last week uh, on that trade. If you guys if you guys missed it, you can check out the uh, replay of the Pickaxe Pundit Show. It's uh on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, all your all your basic app uh, apps there for for podcasts. You can find it on there if you guys want to hear more about the Wilson Chandler trade. That is not on on the docket today though, because there is so much going on with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, probably the biggest news that uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, how many, who would have, if you, if you could have got put money on that in, in Vegas or, or New Jersey or Delaware or wherever these days, um, I don't think too many people would have been willing to take it to put money down on Isaiah Thomas signing a veteran minimum with the Nuggets. Uh, probably <sighs> what as, as short as maybe like a couple weeks ago, probably a week ago, maybe even up to the day before yesterday. Um, when, when, when the, uh, the announcement came in that, that Isaiah Thomas had been signed, um, that's definitely going to be a, a topic we're going to want to discuss. I want to talk about the signing itself. I also want to talk about Isaiah Thomas and sort of the, the stigma that comes with him, um, and, and how that could impact the Nuggets. And then literally, I mean, what, like 15 minutes after, after IT gets, uh, signs with the Nuggets, then of course, you know, something's got to happen because they, they, they were, uh, out of roster spots. So, you know, they had to clear at least one spot. Uh, they, they do that. In fact, they clear two the Nuggets trade, Darrell Arthur and Kenneth Reed to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, along with a 2019 protected first rounder and a, what, 2000, like, uh, 20, 2020 second rounder, I think it was. I'd, I'd Sounds right. But uh, another, a future second rounder. Yeah. Um, in exchange to get De- Isaiah Whitehead and immediately uh, waive him. So basically just a pure salary dump. Uh, I want to ask, I'm going to ask Jeremy if that was a good idea to do that. And then, um, I want to talk about Fareed, man. I think, I think we know where DA is at and at this point in his career, but I, Fareed, it, it really like, he's never had a chance to get that fresh start, even though was, I think some people have realized it's about maybe about four years that he's needed one. Um, we'll get, uh, I want to talk about him and whether or not Brooklyn is the spot where he can resurrect his career. Uh, then we'll shift. We'll shift to the other news. Uh, the, the, there's just regular day to day stuff that's going on uh, with the Nuggets, which is of course summer league finishes up. The Nuggets start out very strong and then fizzle out, losing their last two games, including uh, the game against the Toronto Raptors, which was an elimination from the tournament. Uh, I want to. I want to talk about some individual performances and who impressed, who did not. And finally, if we get some time, we'll talk about the, we'll look ahead to the season because I think the Nuggets at this point are pretty much, uh, pretty much done with their offseason move. They do have one free or one roster spot available. We'll see if they use it. Um, so we'll, we'll try We'll talk about the rotation, uh, what we think the rotation will be at least. And then, um, maybe we'll make a prediction about who we think might be the breakout player for the Nuggets this year. That will do the show for us it's funny we had all this news i i feel like after like next week i'm gonna be like what the heck are we gonna talk about on the show you know it's, <laughs> right. the nuggets got it all it was uh a candle that burned twice as bright but probably only half as long so we're gonna have to milk all the content we can out of this week all right let's not delay any longer uh jeremy isaiah thomas is a denver nugget one year veteran minimum good signing or no zing zang man Zing zang, that's right. <laughs> um, it, it's it was mind blowing to me. Like, you know, there was some talk around. Um, of course, been, people have been talking about Isaiah Thomas fans and stuff like that for a while. 
Um, but then there was started to be some talk. I know the ringer talked about um, such a low interest level that he might even have to go overseas and play. And then, you know, people right. mentioning maybe, maybe he signs a vet minimum and comes to Denver or something like that. And you just think it's like some terrible rumor that has no legs to it at all. Um, I mean, you know, you hear that. And to me, I completely dismissed it. That was nothing even close to being potentially real. Um, I, I absolutely can't believe it. It is, it is such a perfect stroke of luck in so many different ways. Um, even just down to like, I'm happy of who this guy is and, and what he's had to go through and bringing that here and, and how that matches our team and our roster, um, and, and our personalities. And, and I, I think, man, it's just, that is maybe the most insignificant portion of it. That's how, that's how great this is from top to bottom that I'm just passing all the most important pieces and just jumping right down to something as small as like what makes up a person's attitude. It's, right. it's a win-win. No, I, um, I'm with you, man. On it. I, I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big fan of the, of the Isaiah Thomas signing as well. I think it was, uh, I think it was much needed or well, much needed and the best you could do with the circumstances right. you had. Um, with like we were saying with Wilson Chandler now in Philadelphia, uh, Wilson was a starter. Now obviously Will Barton will take his uh, his spot in the starting rotation. At least you would assume. Um, <clears throat> but Will Barton was already already played more minutes than anybody else on the <laughs> team last year. So you really can't ask Will Barton to play uh, any more minutes than he already is. You had to fill up uh, Wilson Chandler's what like thirty minutes a game that he averaged last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, you had to fill up. Will Barton's scoring punch off the bench, like the Nuggets, uh, were were looking really thin in terms of scoring. Basically, Trey Lyles was your best bet uh, off your bench. Otherwise, you're going to have like Torrey Craig, maybe Monty Morris, Mason Plumley. I mean, none of those guys. None of those guys are scorers, and you're kind of you're kind of banking on uh, Michael Porter Jr. getting healthy. Now you get Isaiah Thomas, and he clearly not only fills the role of backup point guard, which you didn't really have. Uh, either unless you were going to go with Monty Morris um, and you also get the a clear like scoring threat off the bench and a clear guy who you know Nicole Jokic is going to play 30 to 35 minutes a game um, on any given night so what do you do with those 18 to 13 minutes when he's on the bench the Nuggets really really struggled with that mm-hmm. last season uh, specifically struggled with creation on offense um, when Nicola was on the bench, I imagine you try and set it up to where Isaiah Thomas is pretty much always playing if Nicola is on the bench, and uh, and and that way he becomes just that guy you go to, and that's that's kind of the minutes you want out of him, right? You want fifteen to eighteen minutes. Uh, you might play him twenty five or thirty if he's got it going, but you want him to basically just be that guy who scores for you off the bench uh, and provides the creation when Jokic isn't out there, so. Uh, and for a vet minimum, I mean, like you, you right. can't beat that, right? That's that's clearly um, as as little risk as you can possibly take uh, to to have to have a guy who who should be uh, who should be ready. I mean, like I don't know, Jeremy. Like I, I I'm not really all that concerned about the health. Are are you? Uh, it sounds like I'm, I'd love some sort of more recent report, like something from a week or two ago, but. It sounds like, um, according to where the last reports left off, they should be um, pretty much ready to go right about now, if not maybe just a few weeks from now. Um, I mean, I, I, I think you have to be a little bit concerned. Um, you know, the, the, the hip, the, 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 the socket there is, is something that, um, you know, I'm actually a lot more familiar with shoulder injuries, but there's maybe a potential of some wear and tear there where things just aren't as well in place as they were before and never will be and could potentially be popping out or um, causing a lot of stress, um, some pain, things like that. I'll I'll go ahead and and raise my hand to, to maybe there's a little concern there, but you know, this is a guy who's used to playing like pretty much what, like 30 minutes a game um, up until, that major injury and then the Cavs and the Lakers. But even with them, you know, with Lonzo ball going out, um, he was still playing a lot of minutes. Um, I don't think uh, I was looking earlier. He's never really played um, really for almost his entire career, like less than like 26 minutes a game. 
And and I think it's going to be hard pressed to to even get him to like twenty five a game. Um, right. I, I know you brought up Barton and and what a huge role he had, where he actually led our team in minutes played. But um, I I don't see the versatility. I mean, obviously he's not going to be playing small forward like Barton. Right. right. <laughs> um. But uh. So yeah, the the health is is a little bit less risk. Um. He's not even an older guy, but just because of some injuries, maybe you have a concern of as far as like playing day to day goes and the day to day grind on him. But he's going to be playing less minutes, so um, yeah, you know, I, I again, I, I think it's hard to say. There's to me that there's no concern whatsoever, but um, it's way more minimal than had he gone right. to a team where he was fighting for a starting spot. Right. So here's the interesting thing about about Thomas and I think in the injury and the hip injury, right? Is so he uh, obviously he had he suffered the tear last season in the play or not last season, two seasons ago in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, he was out uh, a good portion of last season. He only ends up playing 32 games, um, and then and then I think he had you know still had some soreness or whatever, and ends up. Uh, leaving uh ending the regular season still injured um and now is trying to rehab and get and get fully healthy the interesting thing the reason i bring this up uh wilson chandler in 2012 i believe it is 2011 the 2011 2012 season that was a season after he got traded to the nuggets mm-hmm. um he tore his he tore the labrum in his hip right missed missed pretty much um uh, a major part of the year, he came back the next season about uh, about mid mid to late season and tried to go. If you remember, this was like the lockout shortened year. Uh, right. He tried to go uh, for a little while, but then it was still too sore. He ended up uh, going, you know, going down uh, for the rest of the year, and then having having the surgery and being going through the offseason and rehabbing, just like Isaiah Thomas, almost right. almost identical kind of progression there. Uh, in the next two years, out of 164 possible games, Wilson played 140. So the, I think if you, if right. you follow on that timeline, like it, it, it makes you believe that he'll probably, that Isaiah Thomas should probably be good to go now. Like hopefully everything that like last season was the lost season, uh, for the injury. And now this season he should be, uh, he should be back to a hundred percent. And if he is, man, like. I, I, you're right. He even in last year in L.A. he played over 25 minutes a game. Um, and when you think about it, and Wilson last year for the Nuggets played almost 32 minutes a game. So that those minutes right. are there because you're right. Also about the versatility. Obviously, like I said, Isaiah Thomas is not playing. Uh, is not playing small forward. I mean, Coach Bowen's done some crazy things in <laughs> <through> rotation, but <laughs> this that might be a bit much. Um, but. Uh, so you think about Devin Harris last year probably played like what like twenty minutes a game uh, for the team. I figure that uh, that that minute those minutes go go to Tory Craig now and and uh, that those Wilson Chandler minutes kind of become um, Isaiah's minutes and then Will Barton now serves as the bridge. You can make it. You can still make it work where where you can maybe get Isaiah that those. Uh, those big minutes. It'll just be interesting to see. I, I wonder, you know, I, I don't know. You, you, when you bring that up, I think that's a, that's a great point uh, about it. Let me ask you this, Jeremy. Uh, off the court, you know, Isaiah, there, there was he got somewhat of a bad rep in Cleveland um, specifically. And, you know, obviously he was only there for a little time. Then they had the falling out and, and gets traded to L.A. Um, is there any concerns that you have about him being a bad locker room presence or, 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 or you know, not, not being a good influence on the young, younger guys or, or anything like that? Uh, I, again, like when I think when you hear about us getting Isaiah Thomas and getting him for, uh, the vet minimum, you, you almost think there's no risk whatsoever. This is just the easiest move in the world. To me, the the one real asterisk here, and it's not a big one at all, is just there. There possibly is a little bit of a potential there. For anybody who has followed the NBA for the past couple of seasons, they know that Isaiah Thomas is a real character. He's got um, a very dynamic um, personality. Uh, it comes out with his team. It comes out with the media. It's big and it's divisive. Uh, so. 
you, the smallest factor in the world, you still have to be factoring in here. I'm not too concerned about it because there's at least as many people who love him, who love his personality, teammates, ex-teammates, um, if not even more than there are people who disliked him. Um, right. You, like, you think Cleveland was probably the worst example. And LeBron is – he's as much a coach as he is a player. He's as much a professional right. – as he is a player and it's way different when he, when he goes to a place like LA where you got these young kids who like a guy who can um, not take things so seriously and be tenacious and be a leader, but also have fun. Uh, I think it fits pretty well in our locker room. Um, And, and I think our locker room isn't um, just because there may be a, a little bit more soft doesn't mean that there's not at least some maturity and a bond between guys. We know a lot of these guys like each other. The the what they've shown showing up at summer league together, um, you know, vacationing together, like all these things. There's a real bond there. They're just on the whole a little bit more soft spoken. So it's not like Isaiah's going into a completely like um, mishmash, like mold mold us kind of a mentality kind of a place. Um, I I think it'll work out well. I'm not I'm not too concerned. Right, yeah, I'm I'm with you 100 percent on this. I think it's, I think it's kind of it's kind of silly because it, it, I think a lot of people look at it, when you look at it with Isaiah Thomas, you look at probably two things when you think about oh well, he might not be the best uh, guy in the locker room is uh, obviously what happened in Cleveland, but you know what I mean like like you said LeBron James LeBron James is a, probably one of the hardest teammates to have. It's kind of funny to say that because he's also one of the easiest teammates to have, probably right. the easiest teammate to have because he's so good. But you know, it's like it's almost like 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 you heard the stories about like Peyton Manning and and, and the way he was. Um, guys who operate at such a high level and have such a competitive fire, um, which is part of the reason that they operate at such a high level. <clears throat> those guys tend to demand the best and the most out of their teammates. And you got a guy like Isaiah Thomas, who's coming off an injury. Yeah. But he's also coming off a, a an MVP caliber season, uh, you know, and now he's, now he's kind of coming off the bench and, and LeBron's like, you know, constantly uh, around and that shadow is constantly there. Like I can, I can get how that situation uh, especially because he had just got there and he was traded and it was like, I, I totally get the whole, uh, the how that situation could have devolved the way it did. Right. Uh, I think that's perfectly, perfectly understandable. Um, now, obviously the thing, the other thing you look at with Isaiah is like, man, he's played for a lot of teams, right? Like, um, he doesn't yeah. ever seem to stick around in one place all that often. Uh, why is that? You know, there, there's something I think you, you have to consider there uh, as well, but, Again, they're not going to sign up for the minimum. So there's really like as little possible risk uh, as you can take here with him. And then I, I tend to look at the other things, uh, the the arguments on the other side. Like you're talking about a guy who like uh, after a terrible tragedy uh, suited up and, and, and went out and right. played in the playoffs. You know, like um, a guy who has pretty much been counted against his entire career uh and 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 has defied uh the logic of the NBA and has uh, given his just physical stature has been able to overcome that uh and be like i said an MVP candidate um and you also have a guy who played for Michael Malone so uh, they the nuggets it's not like they're walking into this thing blind they right. the coach knows who he's getting you know so i'm i'm not all that concerned about it to be honest with you i think it's going to be a good fit it's only a one year deal um, as well in, if it works out great, uh, then it's still only a one year deal because somebody else is going to pay Isaiah Thomas. And like, wouldn't it be funny if the Lakers ended up <laughs> paying Isaiah Thomas? But, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have too much concern. I think it's a good signing overall. And I think, um, like, like we've been saying for the, for the price that you get Isaiah Thomas at, uh, you, you kind of have to do it just, just like when, when, when you drafted Michael Porter Jr. Right. If you're. At right. the 14th pick in the draft, you kind of had There's to take nothing him. to lose. Uh, for a veteran minimum, you kind of have to sign uh, Isaiah Thomas, especially when you can fill so many roles like uh, like we talked about. Yeah. All right, let's get into the next portion of the show, which is the, the transaction that happens um, like 15 minutes after the Nuggets signed Isaiah Thomas. We knew that something had to happen because Isaiah would have been the 16th guaranteed salary on the roster, and you, of course, are only allowed to have 15 
Nuggets don't waste any time. My running theory is that Tim Connolly was anxious to get on vacation <laughs> and was like, I'm just going to get this done tonight. Yeah. And then I can take the next six weeks off. Uh, so if that was your plan, Tim, kudos to you. And you're uh, but the, the Nuggets trade Kenneth Reed and Darrell Arthur, a 2019 first round pick, which is, uh, I believe, protected top 12. Oh, one through 12, so, yeah. right? That's what Not I heard. quite full lottery protection, but close. Um, and then, boy, you Nuggets better not miss the playoffs by one game again. Uh, Man, I was thinking about that. Like, top 12 protected. Hmm. Last year, we picked at 14. The year before that, we picked at 13. Like, oh, if we wind up, like, at 14 or 15 again here, oh, that will suck. Nuggets got, they're like, you know, for all the poker players out there, they're like, uh, they just hit the turn. They got an inside straight draw, and they don't care. They're like, we're pushing all the chips in the table, baby. We're going right. for it. Yeah. Um, right here with this with this salary dump. So, um, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I um, you know, I, hi, uh, that's I think if you're going to, um, if you're going to, I guess. If you're going to have a criticism of this trade, the, the biggest criticism you could have is giving up the asset in in, in a first round pick. Because uh, while while you hope, you certainly hope. I mean, that you don't. It doesn't become disastrous, and you end up with the 13th overall pick, uh, and so you lose it. Um, you kind of hope, uh, even even if it's in the 20s, where 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 you'd ideally like it to be. Um, there's still quality players that you can be found at that draft position. So it's, I think that's tough uh, to give up. But I think, Jeremy, one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about and that I've been seeing is they're talking about, you know, the criticism of, of the Nuggets as an organization as being a cheap organization because they, they just dumped, you know, dumped salary and didn't get anything returned. I hate that. Um, I, I, like, are, do you, would you agree with that? Are you or, or are you OK with them dumping the salary? What's your take on that? OK, so so I disagree with the point of view. Uh, uh, of, or, or the conclusion rather, which is that they're just dumping these guys to save some money because money means everything to them. I think that is is terribly short sighted. I think right. when you look at our future, uh, the next big step for the Nuggets to make is to score a huge free agent, and we've never been in a better position than we are now. The uh, the culture that Tim Connolly has created, uh, where players are looking in saying, "Oh, they take care of their players." Um, we, we got Millsap last year. We have Isaiah Thomas now coming. Um, you know, Dwayne Wade was talking about coming the year before that, Like things are just positive around here. And the cap space was built in such a way that we have the flexibility to do these things. So, so that's the next big step. And if we are starting off this season in the luxury tax, that just puts us in a world of hurt. Like say we get something magical, we get Butler or Kawhi. And we get ourselves, let's even be crazy. We win a championship or two. We'd have to blow the team apart. By the time we get to into our second, third, fourth year of luxury tax, it's exponential. And there's no possible way we could ever afford it. So to me, this is smart building. By avoiding luxury tax, we are setting ourselves up for not two or three years of success. We're setting ourselves up for six years, eight years, ten years of success. So, so I disagree with the conclusion, but... The Cronkies are still cheap people. <laughs> that is true. You guys are here's right the, about that. Here's the thing about it, and 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 the way that like I so I, I disagree with the conclusion as well. I, I I this is I look back at the last time the Cronkies blatantly dumped salary right, and they traded uh, Marcus Camby to the Los Angeles Clippers for the rights mm. to swap second round picks. Uh, that right. was a, a blatant salary dump, and and I was critical of of the Nuggets at the time for uh, for doing it. And here's the thing: Marcus Camby had just become off of uh, winning Defensive Player of the Year, being mm-hmm. one of the top rebounders in the league, being one of the top shot blockers in the league, and was the starting center for the Denver Nuggets. Like you, he was a major part of the team that they just gave up on just because they didn't want to pay his salary. That's an entirely different situation from Kenneth Reed and Darrell Arthur, two guys who had no role right. whatsoever. Like right. we're not even talking about like, Oh, this guy's like, you know, the ninth or 10th guy in the rotation. No, these guys were, these guys were at the point at the end of the season, last season, Kenneth Reed wasn't even on the bench at all. It was just a healthy scratch. 
you know so there's the the idea that like oh they they should have hung on to these guys potentially <laughs> right. let it become a toxic situation um because they needed to all maybe get a 20th pick in the draft like it's such a it's yeah. such a like simple just like to me such a simple take um and an easy take right. to just be like oh and and so it's because they're cheap like I, the, like you, I think you put it perfectly. Like this is actually smart building. You're setting yourself up because if you, whether you hang on to those two guys uh, or not, you're not doing anything with the roster you have this season. Uh, you're pretty much were set either way. Like I said, they're not. It's not like they added any pieces back, right? So you you were pretty much set whether you had those guys on the roster or not. So you could either you could either hang on to them. Um, and then, and then let that, that money expire and pay tax on that money and then let it expire next year. Um, or you can let him go, get yourself under the tax right now and get yourself, like you said, set up to actually make a free agency run, a big free agency run and not worried about cash flow or anything like that next off season, because that's actually the season you're shooting for like every other team. And now you've got, like you said, you've got a Millsap, you've got an Isaiah Thomas, you've got Nicole Jokic locked in long-term. You've got a guy like Michael Porter Jr., one of the most intriguing rookies um, there is. You've got Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. Like there are so many reasons to look at this team. If you're a free agent and be like, that team is going to be, uh, is going to be very, very good. Right. Uh, and I want to sign with them. Right. Um, so it's, it's playing the long game. Um, not, not necessarily being cheap. And I think one, the way, if, if the Nuggets were, are really concerned, um, about that stigma or about that being, being considered, um, to be, you know, like a cheap ownership, like there's other ways to, that, that you can criticize them for, right? Like you could criticize, I like, if you want to talk about them not having their own dedicated G League team, I'm very inclined to agree with you that <laughs> right. I think you that's talk on that. uh, an example of where they're trying to cut corners on costs. If you want to talk about how, how they have one of the, you know, one of the most pathetic uh, training facilities in, in the league right now, like I would very much agree with you that that's, that's an example of where they're trying to cut corners on their costs. I don't, I, to me, this is just, um, this is just, just what you do. Like it was, it they were, they signed some bad contracts. Um, and not even, I mean, Wilson Chandler's contract wasn't even necessarily bad. It was just Wilson Chandler. It was time to move on. Um, they signed some though, not necessarily bad contracts. They did what they, they did what all teams do, uh, to get out of them. So I don't, I don't criticize them this at all. If you want to criticize them for signing Kenneth Reed to that four year, 40 some million dollar contract, uh, we could talk about that all day, but yeah, right. I'm not, I'm with you. Like I, I don't have any, uh, issues with them and, dumping the salary. And let's actually talk about that for a second because yeah. there, there, there is definitely some strong reasons to heap some praise on Tim Conley here, but at the same time, he's the one who did dig this hole to begin with. As you right. mentioned, he's the one who signed that guy. He's the one who extended um, um, Chandler, uh, you know, in the big offseason where Mozgov got his contract. Darrell uh, Arthur got a huge contract for for doing almost nothing at all for this team. Um, right. I, I, again, love the guy as a person, but as far as playing on the court goes, there's a lot of money thrown around by Tim Connolly that um, that he had to undo. So the fact that we gave up a first-round draft pick, the fact that we gave up a second-round draft pick is a result of the choices that he made. Now, right. the good things to be said are, first of all, Tim Connolly chose not to trade this year's first-round pick to get rid of these guys. We know that there was lots of talking going around uh, as far as trying to make some deals to move Fareed's salary before the draft, and nothing, nothing ever developed. I say basically ever since he signed the contract, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's true. That's true. But it, it got extra hot in, in the month leading up to the draft, and thank goodness Tim Connolly knew where we were sitting at now with the 14th pick in this year's crop of incredible talent and granted the season hasn't started yet next next uh college season hasn't started yet but it's looking like next year's crop is is definitely not close to to the amount right. of value coming out of this year's so the ability to not only look at who's in front of you right now but also take into account who's going to be there next year and where your team probably is going to be drafting at to me he did a great job not making this trade 
just a few weeks earlier and holding on and doing it now. Um, and deserves a lot of credit for that. Right. Yeah. No. And it, right. It, it almost feels like, so I, I really feel like this trade, uh, and, and, and piggybacking on the, on the Chandler trade, uh, which, which gets that, that's it. Uh, for for all of uh, the George Carl players on the Nuggets, they, yeah. there's now nobody else or no one on the team who played for George Carl, which I think was probably a good thing. Not not anything against George. I think though it's uh, you had these guys who I think had this sort of different viewpoint because they they had been part of that 57 win season right. and they remembered what it was like. Uh, and I think there was a certain loyalty to George. Believe it or not, you know, like Kenneth Fareed, I think is 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 one of the few mm-hmm. players out there that you when you if you talk to him would it would be very it would you know be very complimentary of George Carl and would yeah. Um, I remember him at Media Day last year. He actually directly compared Malone to George and talked about right. not knowing what he was doing on this team and how in George's team he had this role. He did this. Everything was very straightforward for him. And that's right. an interesting point. Right. So. Um, I think it's kind of interesting, or it's so so it's somewhat good because like I think this trade, basically, it, it, we are they have one hundred the Nuggets have one hundred percent turned the corner into the next era, and not only that, they've made this entire off season has become to me about kind of like what I said, pushing your their chips into the table and saying, yeah. okay, this is our group. This for for the next five or so years these are the guys we're going with and this is the team that we're going to try and compete with and obviously we might make tweaks on here we might make a, a trade or something here but but this core uh is is what we want we want Jokic, murray and harris those are the three guys and so then then they like you said tim Connolly held held strong at the draft and michael porter jr kept slipping and they grabbed yeah. a guy who they could wait right. uh a year two or three down the road before he becomes uh, fully back a hundred percent if if that's what it takes. But you get a guy if you get him back a hundred percent, you get another uh, huge piece to your core. They uh, they're going to take a guy like an Isaiah Thomas because their locker room at this point is strong enough and 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 their roles are strong enough to where they can they can take a guy like an Isaiah Thomas. They that nobody there's no doubt anymore whose team this is it's the guy getting paid 25 million dollars uh to be your center for the next five seasons that's right. that's who's whose team this is now and there's no doubt uh who his who his starting guards are there's no doubt who his starting power forward is there's no doubt who is his starting small forward is like their group is set uh now and and this is who they're going to go with and, and every move they've done this off season has kind of been geared towards doing that uh and and this trade um this trade is kind of i think the last like i said it's the it's it's the it's the end of it's the final uh nail in the coffin on one era uh and it completely we are completely now turning the corner into the next uh here's what i'm going to do though because we are man we are already already running long on time um <laughs> let's go ahead and hit a break when we come back i want to talk a little tiny bit more about kenneth reed just about him in brooklyn uh and then and then i want to start talking about summer league since it is now over and the nuggets are officially yeah. done in vegas um i want to kind of talk about who impressed and who did not so let's hit a break and we'll be right back we've all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work.
All right, everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Mikosh, Jeremy Poli. We are, of course, from DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to nothing but net radio. We are the Pickaxe Pundits, and this is the Denver Nuggets Hour uh, here this Saturday. So we spent the first half of the show pretty much talking all things Isaiah Thomas, and, and we spent uh, a good – we spent twice as long talking about – uh, events that happened uh, in about 15 minutes. So, <laughs> kind of a kind of an interesting interesting way. We've already put more time into it than than uh, than Tim Connolly did last night. But uh, <laughs> real quick before I move on on that, Jeremy. So now talking about Kenneth Reed, he moves on to Brooklyn, uh, where you've got to assume he's probably got a decent shot at at least getting minutes there because yeah. Brooklyn is. <laughs> uh, perpetual perpetually rebuilding i guess yeah i don't know what um <laughs> somebody on there so somebody, i mean uh, he obviously i mean he's still got can still got time he's only 28 years old um can he at least get himself like one more contract in the nba and, and even possibly resurrect his career in the nba uh in brooklyn i see him almost kind of taking the 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 role that it's got coming to to the nuggets um gonna probably be less minutes than he's ever played before but that does not mean that uh there's still not an opportunity there to be had to have a real impact um he's gonna so uh, jared allen looked good last year but at this point he is like they're 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 all in on him and that could go a number of different ways. He's still young. He's still um, a little rigid. He's really good at some things, really bad at others. Um, actually, that's well, like Kenneth Freed. Um, <laughs> but and then from there, you know, they, they got Ed Davis, who definitely right. could could play a role there. Um, a lot of people talking about power forward for him, but he's played a lot of center in his life too. Um, you know, yeah. I, I I mean, I I don't think it's crazy to think that Kenneth Freed could could be getting over 20 minutes a game there. Um, he should be playing. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, I resurrect his career, man, that is a strong word for what I think the opportunity <laughs> is over there. Um, but I don't know. You just, you, you never know, especially in Brooklyn. Like when you try and follow who they're even playing there, it gets so confusing. You know, there's one guy who's clearly better, but for whatever reason, they're not playing him as much. Uh, it, it, all of a sudden, a month later, they switch it and they go to you know the other guy. Um, it could be anything. I, I, I don't know about. I, I feel bad. I, I don't know about the contracts down down the road for Fareed. Uh, he is getting kind of lost in the modern NBA game, and uh, I don't know. You know, I'd love it. I, I, I I've. Uh, he's in New York. He'll be happy to be there because of the fashion and everything. I'm sure he loves New York. Right. Um, maybe he's able to get another contract with them for, you know, uh, pennies, take a vet min or something like that. And it's worth it to them to keep him for an extra two or three years. Right. Yeah. I think, like, I think he's going to have the opportunity because, like you said, so Jared Allen, you got to imagine, is probably going to be the starting center uh there in Brooklyn now and then, and then they did get they did get Ed Davis who maybe maybe that's your starting power forward um but after that man there's not there's not yeah. a lot for them in terms of big man I mean you got Jaleel Okafor right but I don't think he I mean they're, they're that that looks to be done yeah um you've got I mean, you got uh, uh, Darrell Arthur, um, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, and then you got some smaller guys like, you know, Demari Carroll and, and Dante Cunningham, guys like that, who are like, no, they're, I mean, they're, they're all right, but, but Kenneth Freed should be right in there with all those guys and able to compete with all those guys uh, for, for minutes. And all, those guys also are going to probably play time as small forward, which, you know, Freed's not. So, like, I think that backup power forward job, uh, that just backup big, job so he can also play some small ball center for him um i think it's there for his for the taking and and, and if he can here's the thing for kenneth reed he's got to and, it, and it's a humbling thing and we've seen we see it all the time okay but uh, with, with guys like like a Car- or carmelo anthony uh and, and alan iverson uh where they don't want to they they believe they're starters and they don't want to go to the bench and they they should not have to come uh, off the bench, and Kenneth Freed's kind of got that mindset too. The difference is Allen Iverson is a Hall of Famer. Carmelo right. Anthony is going to be a Hall of Famer. 
Kenneth Freed is not going to be a Hall of Famer. Like <laughs> you've got to, you've got to get like a little bit of dose of realism here and be like, all right, I haven't, I haven't been a starter uh, for for a good two seasons now. In fact, last season I didn't even play uh, <laughs> at the end of the year at all, and they, my team gave up. They gave someone a first round pick just to take me. You know, like that. That should be a a humbling, uh, hopefully, wake up call for him. And if it is. And he can realize that, hey, I can maximize my talents and still find a role in this NBA as an energy guy off the bench, an energy big off the bench, uh, a small ball center who can who can run up and down the floor and grab offensive rebounds and finish, you know, alley oops and and I learned how to learn, you know, how to make the the effective cutting off ball uh, with the big. So translate those skills to whoever he's playing with, you know um in there in Brooklyn and, and and I think he can find a role but that's going to be the key for him if he wants to resurrect his career uh it's going to take a little bit of self-reflection I think and realizing that like he's just not going to be uh a starting star forward uh in this league and there's nothing wrong for him believing that he is I mean he was on that path for a little bit when he was playing with Team USA and yeah. in the dunk contest and whatnot I mean there was a moment where you thought, eh, you know, Kenneth Freed might be like a fringe all-star player, but uh, th- those days are clearly past. And so if he's going to make it in the NBA, he's going to have to adapt. Um, and it's really up to him whether or not he's going to do it. So I guess we will see. All right, let's move on because we are we are quickly running out of time. We're, we're not even going to get to head look to look, be able to look ahead to the season, but we will talk about Summer League. All right, Jeremy, uh, the Nuggets, of course, fizzle out after winning the first three yeah. games. They then lose the last two, including losing to the Raptors in the uh, elimination game where uh, the Raptors hadn't even won a game. But yeah, uh, it is what it is. Um, when you watch through, though, so like last year, Torrey Craig, was he, he was that guy who kind of caught your eye in summer league. Then he played really well in training camp preseason, gets a two-way contract. Now this offseason gets signed to a guaranteed NBA contract. Uh, did you see anybody this in this summer league who kind of fit that sort of that sort of profile? Just out of, um, I'm sorry that I've got two answers for you, but just out of pure looking at Tory Craig and seeing his style of game and how that style is able to rise above other people playing at that tournament, um, Devonakun Purcell, mm-hmm. like, was just wild. I think he did a spin move. That might be the fastest spin that I have ever seen in the NBA. It was big and reckless and fast and scary. I think it was the first game. It was either the first or the second game. And at that point, he hadn't really done much, but he was still playing fast and frenetic. And sure enough, he kind of turned it up throughout the tournament. Um, I'm not I'm not too high on, on him translating to the NBA game. I think he's a guy who could rule the, the summer league for five years kind of a game or, or – pick up games around uh, America, but um, I'm not sure how well he can actually fit into uh, top tier professional organized basketball. But um, the other answer is kind of the opposite, which is Vlatko um, Chanchar or Chanchar. Uh, he's a guy who looked a little bit slow, but was always in the right place at the right time, right. had a good chemistry with other players, was mentally ahead of the game most of the time and you're like oh my goodness this guy gets it this guy gets what every coach is trying to teach the uh akun purcells the um um beasley malik beasley yep. yeah the, the you know if if only you could take somebody else's body and mash it with that brain but that's kind of how these things develop i think because you don't have the body you do develop the brain and i i could definitely definitely see vlako having a role in the nba at some point um, definitely I no kind of like starter kind of like game changer personality, but you know, just like toy Craig's not going to be that necessarily either, but to really have a role and to fit in and do a job. Well, I, I could see him doing that. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I, I like the, I, I, I definitely agree. The, the thing that's interesting about Vlaco though, is just because he, because he's on, um, he's on a European contract, you know, he, he actually can make way more money playing back in, uh, back in Spain, um, rather than, rather than on a two way deal. So that's why I think, you know, for Vlaco, I think, I think, uh, I agree. And, and everybody knows I'm a huge, huge, uh, Vlaco stand, but, um, 
I th- I thought he showed very much. So I was really surprised by his defense. I thought his defense was yeah. superb. He yeah. was always in the right position. Um, he always stayed in front of his guy. He always contested every shot. Uh, and, and if you can get a guy who could just play power forward um, or small forward and shoot threes and play defense, that's a guy who can play for you in the NBA. Um, I think with Vlaco, though, I think, you know, uh, because he just re-upped in, uh, in Spain for two seasons, the Nuggets, and because the Nuggets are, um, you know, they got other guys they can hurry. give those, those spots to, uh, who, who would accept a two-way contract, because I don't think Vlaco would, because he's, he, why would he take the pay cut, um. I think he goes back to, you know, he, he probably goes back uh, overseas for one more season. Um, but I agree that he was that, for me, he was kind of that guy who, who unexpectedly um, rose to the top. Uh, I, I did like Akun Purcell as well. I thought he uh, he was sort of the more the Tory Craig guy, right? The guy who was um, this unknown who, who kind of shined for them. And I hope they give him a training camp invite, if nothing else, because I did thought he played well. He got a little bit there towards the end. He got a little bit into, uh, I'm trying to earn a spot into a training camp roster mode. Yeah. Uh, and a little, a little too isolation with the basketball. But um, for the most part, I thought, I thought he was, he was certainly good. I also, uh, I also want to slip in Terry Emanuel real quick. Um, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about him. I, I liked what I saw. I hope, I hope that we're able to have him on our summer league next team uh, next year and see what happens with him. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think he definitely, like I said, I'd love to see him in training camp too. I mean, the Nuggets do have one roster spot open. If, if he brought, if they brought him into training camp in preseason and he played really well, like I'm not necessarily opposed to giving yeah. him like a non-guaranteed contract or something like that, or promoting uh, a Monty Morris to uh, a contract and then giving him the two way. Um, yeah. One of your two way deals. Uh, let me ask you this, Jeremy, on the flip side, who who did you think really didn't help themselves out much? Um, <laughs> I I think a lot of people have been, has been saying uh, have been saying Malik Beasley. Um, right. I I don't really feel that way because I think in the master scheme of things that the management knows kind of who Beasley is and where he's at and what they can get out of a summer league performance of throwing him with a bunch of random guys playing against a bunch of random guys all playing under, you know, first time or assistant coaches. Um, I, I didn't see any way that Beasley could really earn minutes or lose minutes in, in the summer league personally. Um, so I, I don't feel like saying Beasley, um, I, you know, somebody who kind of lost out, um, I was really hyped on Kenrick Williams and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and going into it, I thought if there was anybody to take, you know, if they uh, promote Monte Morris, if there's anybody to take that second two way, that it could have been him just because of the the hype that I had been hearing. And uh, he looked terrible to me. I, yeah. I, I, I get why some some people like his style of game. It's so unorthodox. And it, it reminds me of how I play. I, like, you know, why, why did you just spin in front of me? That was a weird thing. Why are you snapping your finger over here, like, trying to distract? Like, how is this basketball? And yet you actually do kind of get distracted. Or it does kind of, like, catch you off guard and he's able to make a play on you. But he physically so, so slow, so behind physically. And just a weird style of game. I I was like, – he's dead to me. I – I don't even. I don't want to see him next year. I don't want to see him at training camp. Um, I was so disappointed. I, you know, I was gonna say he was one of the guys I was gonna bring up as well because I, I thought the same thing, and I'm glad you said it. Like, I, there was nothing that, about him that stood out to me at all. Like during summer league, he very much looked like just a summer league guy. Yeah, uh, like all the other summer league guys. You know, he. Uh, yeah. Kendrick Williams, Kennedy Meeks, right? Whatever. Like and these guys, know. these guys <laughs> like, are all rebounding more than he is. Kennedy Meeks w- had a better rebounding percentage. Scott Machado, the backup point guard, had almost the same rebounding percentage. Ugh. So, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Scott Machado was awful too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, that, that was one thing I noticed. The the difference uh, between Monty Morris and Scott Machado was. Uh, significant yeah. this summer league. You know, another guy though I thought really didn't do too well for himself was Tyler Lydon. Like he just, uh, yeah. he was just there. Like right. he got. I thought the, the 
the story quickly became Vlaco because Vlaco was doing all the things that you kind of hoped that like you were going to see yeah. from Tyler Lydon. Yeah. And Lydon was just, I mean, he hit some threes, you know, and it, again, I mean, he, he made some plays, but it was just like, right. It was very, for a guy who's a first round pick and I get, he's just coming back from the knee injury. So you try and give him some of the benefit of the doubt. Um, but for a guy who was a first round pick, like he just, uh, he did not, uh, in my eyes, I didn't think he really impressed. Right. Um, exactly. At all. He didn't like truly disappoint, but he didn't right. impress either. It was a lot like last year. Like, all right, give us more. Like, ins- assert yourself. I will say at one point, um, I forget whether it was a Toronto game or the the game right before that, where um, he got pitched out of three, and he was probably a good like four feet four feet outside of the three point line and just shot it. He he knew before that ball was even coming to him that he was taking that right. shot. It was completely unlike every other minute that he played of summer league, and he nailed it, and it looked good. You know, who who knows if this guy's able to actually tr- find a switch and flip it? Um, there could be something there, but yeah, just not really doing anything. Just kind of a wallflower, right? Almost like like wait, the one thing we know Tyler Lydon can do is shoot, and and, and I, I know exactly what player we're talking about. And yeah, and it, when he steps into it with confidence like that, man, he can he can knock him down. He can knock him down with as good as uh, anybody else. It just doesn't seem like though he's got anything else that he's really bringing to the table, and so he just kind of floats out around the perimeter, uh, hoping somebody's going to hit him with a you know with a, an open pass, and the, and then the, he can shoot a three. And I just. Uh, he's got to give him something else. I think if, if he's going to make it, um, yeah. in, in the NBA. So that, that, I guess that would be my, my guy. And then like, yeah, I'd like I said, I agree with you with, uh, uh Kendrick I, Williams. That was going to be the other guy I thought about <laughs> because, because honestly, anybody else, I, I, I didn't even know I could, I'd have a hard time. And it was, it's funny. Like the, the game, last game was just yesterday, but I, I would already have, I have a hard time. Like, I think we've already named every summer league player uh, <laughs> that I can think of um, from the team. I think so, you're right. Oh, oh no, no. I got, I got, I got one more disappointment or one more we should know. I mean, like, so like we, we, we can officially be done with like Peter Cornelly, right? Yes. Like, there's no, there's no need to bring him yes. back anymore or see anything else. Yeah. From Get out of here, man. He actually seemed kind of cool for the record. Like, he had that video uh, last year where he, like, toured around the United States. Um, right. And everybody seemed to like him. He came back and trained this summer with, with uh, some of the Nuggets. But get out of here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Denver's already packed enough as it is with, with people from New York and Texas. And, and if you're coming from France, you're just making it worse. Just get out of here. You're just you're, you're just offline. Uh, me personally, you know, as as a, a person of Croatian descent, Ooh. Uh, I have I have no love for the French right now. There you go. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, like it's 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 just like all right, it's done. And like you said, it was cool. I mean, it was cool to see him when he was out there working with the team. He yeah, I gave the guy props. He put in the effort, right. man. Like right. there's nobody can nobody can knock him uh for for not making the most of his opportunity or not trying to make the most of his opportunity uh but he's just he's just not in the same league he's just not an NBA player i think that's uh that's what it comes down to with with Cornelise. so uh he would he's i guess the final final disappointment all right well we are pretty much right there at the uh at the stopping point so we will go ahead and do that um I am at Zach Mikosh on Twitter. Jeremy is just at, at Jeremy Poli, right? Yep, yep. That's all right. It's easy, easy, easy. to when the Twitter handles just get too easy uh, for us here. That's when that's when we mess up. Uh, I'm gonna have to change mine to something funky. Um, <laughs> uh, Denver Stiffs is of course at Denver Stiffs. Uh, nothing but Net Radio is at MBN Dash Radio Dashes in the word Dash. Not not like the the little line. I don't even think you could put a uh, a little dash in your Twitter handle. I don't think that's allowed. So, uh, at NBN dash radio, I'm, I'm wasting too much time here. Uh, you can follow <laughs> us, uh, at pickaxe pundits. Uh, we are on Instagram at the Denver stiffs. We are on Facebook. Of course, make sure you are giving us a follow and a like over there. Jeremy will appreciate that greatly. And if you guys are listening to the podcast version of this, first of all, why aren't you listening to nothing but net radio? You can download the dash radio app right on your phone, tune to the nothing but net channel, and you can get team specific shows just like this one all week long, along with general NBA content and even some cool music along the way. So make sure you're checking that out. But 
if for whatever reason you are listening to the podcast version, if you could leave a rating, uh, a review, and subscribe, we would greatly appreciate it. All right, Jeremy, thank you for being on, sir. Yeah, thank you. Had a blast. Excellent. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week. As a busy weatherman, people rely on me for up-to-the-minute weather reporting, which means I need energy to keep me going throughout my day. Well, right now, you can get two Dunkin' Bacon, Egg, and Cheese sandwiches for $5. Well, in that case, the forecast calls for rain, sun, partly cloudy, high, low, scattered, isolated, umbrella jacket, flip-flops with 100% chance of looking up on the Internet. I've got sandwiches to eat. Humidity, dew point. Get two Dunkin' Bacon, Egg, and Cheese sandwiches for $5. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.